Thank you for joining us tonight in the Creepypasta Book Club, the podcast where we read, analyze, and discuss significant creepypastas, no sleeps, and web horror flash fiction. We are your hosts, Jonah. And Wednesday. And today, we are discussing Candle Cove. But first, before we get into that, we are really excited to announce our first book club community spotlight. So one of our listeners, Maddie Rowland, reached out to us and we thought we would do some of that reciprocal community building we're always talking about and show off their project because it's very cool. So the project RoachProfits.net is, as they describe it, a theme site, part website, part theme park attraction. A multi-layered weird fiction project about an octagon of cockroaches, as translated by the human intern with whom they share an apartment, who have taken a sudden and possibly malicious interest in the lives of humans. If you're interested in learning more, please go and visit roachprofits.net and explore the site. And if you have a small horror or web fiction project you want us to spotlight, Email us at creepypastabookclub at gmail.com with your details, including your name, pronouns, and your project. Thank you so much for all your support. We will link Roach Profits in the description, so be sure to check it out. So Candle Cove by Chris Straub is a series of mock forum posts for a nostalgic media website where several posters discuss an old TV show that was aired locally in the 70s when they were children. The show, Candle Cove, is primarily a puppet show with one human actress, a child named Janice. The show contains some disturbing imagery, including a villain, the skin taker, whose clothes were supposed to be made of children's skin. And forum users believe they saw one strange episode which was entirely comprised of the cast screaming and crying. When one user attempts to ask their mother about the show, she tells them that they were only ever watching Static. So this is this is a short one, mm-hmm. and not as substantial as I remember it being for like how impactful it yeah. was on me personally and on like pasta as a whole. The internet, yeah. Like, the history this has online feels like you, like, compress it in your mind. <laughs> it, it it feels like the reputation is almost outsized. Yeah. It's good. It it, it, it does what it sets out to but do. It's, a, it's like a snippet. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's this tiny little thing, and it's very, very simple. Hey, listening, okay, I didn't do a lot of research in, like, the making of this one as, like, do for, like, <laughs> other ones. I guess I just don't want to, like, discuss that, like, raw dog or whatever. Um, <laughs> are these all, like, like, he has made this, right? Are These are all, like, puppet account posts? Or do you think he has, like, plants? Oh, these, these are, this was a post that he had just formatted to Ooh. look this way. It was, it was originally posted on a, a forum site for, like, horror i only have ever seen it like organically like the the yeah op the original like i've never gone to look at like the original one i've just seen it like reposted and stuff yeah like it like it was not actually even forum posts it was just like mocked up to look like it was from a forum no that's really cool or from like a like mailing list type site yeah like hey kids remember mailing lists (laughs) ask your parents they probably won't know either. <laughs> Which leads me to my next point. And the way this is, like, before Lost Media was such a big thing online. Yeah. This is, like, the bones of that. This is, like, the original Lost episode creepypasta. Yeah. And it's not even about, like, an actual Lost episode. Like, I looked up the dates of other big sort of, like, Lost episode pastas, like, um, Dead Bart... Squidward Suicide. Suicide, Suicide Mouse, Mouse. I forgot to bring up in Abandoned by Disney, but is like... We'll, we'll grab it eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, we, yeah, we might, we might talk about, we might do some, somewhere down the line, like, talk about, like, a, like, a bunch of lost episode pastas yeah, all together, like, in a big group. But, like, all these really big deal tone setter pastas came within, like, a year of Candle Cove being dropped. Like, this came out in 2009. Candle Cove doesn't require, like, the nostalgia coasting of the other ones. Because it's about, <laughs> like, its own thing. 
But it yeah. manages to capture the feeling of public access TV without, like, n- name-dropping anything. Or, like, janky cable shows. Or, like, shows yeah. that are meant to scare children on purpose. <laughs> like, this captures the feeling of this. And it's definitely, like, Chris Straub's preoccupation. For, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, he is also the creator of the YouTube Local 58. Which is also, like, he has started two... Of the most major trends in online horror. He's so trendy. Like, he he invented Lost Episode. He invented analog horror. And he's he, and he does it better than anybody else. Like, like he yeah. comes in, he drops the thing, and then everybody... He creates a genre, and, like, the other people descend on it to try and get that spark, that magic, and he just goes on to do something else. And they can't. And they never can. And, and he's yeah. like, okay, well, I'm doing something else now. Yeah. And that's, that's the power of, like, a Chris Straub piece to me. Like, he's, he's, he's really doing his own thing. Yeah. Like, he does put his name on the ends of the analog horror thing, but he's not going for immersion for these. He's just creating, like, weird no, stories. No, he's just, he's doing a cool project. And, like, he might be a little influenced by the culture to put his name on it because he knows he can. <laughs> and I wish he wouldn't. But, like, it's also he's not trying to, like, sell you it. The immersion isn't necessary for the thing to be what it is because the moon is attacking you. The moon isn't attacking you in real life, so you're, like, fine. <laughs> it's not necessary for the thing to be scary. Yeah. The immersion of one of Straub's stories is not always the strongest thing, but, like, he's very good at creating fear through sheer atmosphere in a similar way to like a traditionally shot horror movie as opposed to like found footage which relies much more strongly on immersion and simulated reality i think in local 58 in particular but also like when i was younger candle cove scared the shit out of me because it's it's again that sort of ruined childhood kind Mm -hmm. of factor the idea of like what if something like fucked up happened to me when I was a kid, and, like, I couldn't understand it. And I couldn't remember it. Yeah. I think a, well, a lot of people misunderstand and, like, try to capture this from the story is, like, they go into, like, more detail about the show itself. Yeah. Most of the pasta is just, like, what's the fuck? Uh, exposition. About yeah. the show. Like, it's just saying, like, oh, this is stuff that I remember from it. Yeah, it takes this, like, idea, and it's like, oh, there's a scary clown behind it. Oh, there's, um, oh, it's a cursed program made by disgruntled animator or whatever. Instead of, like, the idea that you experience something and other people fill in the gaps for you. Yeah. And you have no way of confirming if that's true or not, and that's where the horror in this is. Yeah, because, like... When when the thing about the the screaming episode comes up, someone was like, "Oh, it it gave me this horrible nightmare. Like I had this horrible dream about the puppets and all the kids screaming." And one person is like, "No, like I that had to have been an episode because I remember that." And yeah. and sort of the implication I think there is supposed to be that this person also had this fucked up nightmare and is rationalizing it as like it it, yeah. it must have been an episode because we are sharing this thing that is yeah. not possible. So like so like two points is like. This has a very, like I said earlier, it was like, were these plants or just him doing it? Because this is a very, very effective way of writing this that makes it feel like people are adding on to a story in the way that yeah. horror forums used to do constantly and don't do yeah. as much anymore. And like, this gets into like a collective memory and like a manufacturing memory and like a Mandela effect kind of like stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, these people are all sort of contributing to this, like, collective mythos that they are creating about Candle Cove. Because, like, also the thing about the skin taker was not necessarily, like, ex- yeah. explicated within within the show. Like, it was not stated outright. Like, yeah, he his his coat and hat or, or, or cloak are made of children's skin. He's just, he's called the skin taker, and his jaw moves funny, and one person is like, oh, remember when he used to say, like, he, he said one time that, that uh, his jaw moves like this to grind your skin, which is like, you know, when, <laughs> when you watch like, stuff as, as a little kid, like, you don't remember everything totally correctly, too, is, is, is another part of the scare factor of even, this. Like, even, like, yeah, even, like, as an adult, like, if you see something, like, once or twice, we are watching, like... 
an urban legend get made through these forum posts. Yeah. Like, that's what's being created here and not necessarily a spooky, scary story that had psychic <laughs> powers that kidnapped children. What we're seeing is, like, people hyping themselves up and scaring themselves over something that they can't confirm exists or not. Yeah. The only thing that is implied to be genuinely supernatural about this is the part where the where the person's parent is like, oh, you used to go into the room and say so you were going to watch Candle Cove and you would just be watching Static. Like, that. that's really the only, like, supernatural type thing that we get other than, like, having a potentially, like, fucked up episode where, like, like a bunch of the children and puppets were screaming for a long time. And that's just one person posting that and saying that. It doesn't make it necessarily, yeah. like, true. It reminds yeah. me very... Like, this happens in hunts for lost media all the time, right? Like, people will be like, I remember this thing, and it was very scary, and it happened. And then people will, like, <laughs> add to it and take away from it, and then they'll eventually find it. And it'll be like, I can see why you thought that was scary, but it was so, like, taking out of context of the thing you saw. Yeah. S- something like that just happened recently. Like, there was a piece of rediscovered um, media. It was, like, an old Nick... Oh, is it the Clockman thing? I'm I'm trying to remember. Crybaby Lane. But like yeah, there there were sort of like all these all these rumors and stories of like little things that people remember about this this weird episode. People saw the official like version of 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 the movie or whatever it was and they were like, "Oh, okay, this is just like a normal kind of creepy Nickelodeon movie, you know?" Yeah, yeah. It's a cry Crybaby Lane is a creepy pasta based on the thing, I think. I almost want to, like, stop and look it up what you're talking about. <laughs> We're probably thinking of the same thing. But there's there's been several recent unearthings of, like, major lost episodes. Yeah, and, like, this, like, predates a lot of the, like, online culture around that in a way that this has also yeah. set up the online culture. People were taking it by Candle Cove <laughs> and became interested in lost media as though Candle Cove was real. I think there always was some amount of interest in lost media, but yeah, Candle Cove uh, yeah, was yeah, the yeah. thing that, like, mainstreamed it for horror fans. Yeah, that's what I mean. Rather than just for people who are interested in media collection. The idea of a lost episode being scary, yeah, that's what I, mean. I think, comes back to Candle Cove. Yeah, like, it tilted that community from people who have, like, specific interests in, like, specific things into one that, like, was accessible to people who are in paranormal enjoyers. I think it's also, like, the popularity of lost media as, like, a spooky, scary thing gets back to, we were talking about this a little bit before, like, the concept of, like, childhood corruption yeah. as a method of sort of, like, seeking answers for why you feel the way that you do as an adult. Yeah. That's sort of a cliche that you see people saying a lot of the time, right? Like, like people saying, that's why I'm such, like, a, like, a fucked up, unbalanced adult, you know? Like, I I was, I was exposed to a bunch of crazy shit on TV as a kid. And it's like, no, it's because you live under capitalism and it's it's ruining your life. (laughs) I think there's, like, an interesting, like, like, the quest to have an explanation instead of, like, being in the present and working on yourself in the present, I think is very important, like, in real life to go back through your, like, childhood and, like, cope and process with the things you've been through, but not everyone has that. Not everyone needs to, like, everyone needs to self-reflect, but, like, in the absence of that, people don't want to do, like, the present self-reflect, the present work. Not everything is trauma. Yeah, yeah. So in the present, like, instead of being like, oh, I'm an asshole, what in the present time do I need to do to improve my circumstances people try to find like something in their past to justify that in a way that's not real to the situation in the past like it's like romanticized or like overblown overblown is a bad word you can like distort your memory of something to the point where it doesn't it's not like a real memory anymore and like once you can do that you can do that with anything and so your behavior continues to like degrade and there's, like, something to the fabrication of, like, childhood memories 
in this story that this speaks to. Especially right now, we're sort of at a point with media, right, where sort of everything is about or supposed to be about trauma, even when it kind of shouldn't be. There's this article I can, uh, that I, that I keep coming back to, I keep thinking about it, from the, uh, from the New Yorker, came out in, like, January of this year, uh, the case against the trauma plot. I, like, like, I don't agree with everything that the author says in the article, but it is sort of an interesting read to conceptualize, like, the way that we think about and talk about trauma in our stories and the way that we talk about our stories as, uh, like, exclusively, you know, sites for exploring trauma. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the emphasis on trauma, and particularly, like, childhood trauma, is, like, a really potent force in horror right mm-hmm. now. Yes. Like, we've, we've, we've been making jokes about, like, you know, childhood ruined TM. Yeah. Like, people want the mystique of it. It feels like it gives you, like, validation to the suffering in the story instead of any kind of, like, morality that you could create within it. It's like the idea that, like, suffering inherently has moral value. But then, on the other hand, there's this super pervasive idea that suffering isn't legitimate unless it's the most extreme thing that it could be. Like, okay, in our culture, you're you're not allowed to have banal sadness and ennui because you have, like, a shitty job or unfulfilling relationships. So there's just, like, you, your life just isn't as good as it could be. And you're bummed about it. Like, all all sadness must be martyrdom. And, and all misery must be trauma. Or else you're just, you're whining. And that sucks. It's obviously not true. But this is basically the only message you get about pain and how to deal with it from our culture. So you have three responses to that. Right? Like, you can say, fuck you, my feelings are valid, regardless. You can say, oh, of course, you're right, I'll bottle my feelings up because I didn't earn being able to feel bad and I didn't earn the suffering. Or you can say, well, obviously I'm traumatized, or else, why do I feel like shit all the time? Yeah. Like, instead of you doing something in the presence, in the present, in the story, reflecting those actions that you can maybe, like, tie to back to childhood, like, like, the reason you're here is, like, childhood patterns, but not necessarily, like, childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. but, like, with something like this, and, like, the things that followed afterwards, people always want to be like, well, I'm addicted to 19 substances, and have five girlfriends with pixie bobs because i saw spongebob bleed with hyper-realistic <laughs> blood uh, we just talked about the the showers a bit ago and that kind of like especially the second part of the showers mm-hmm. has that sort of vibe on it yeah like, like i i act this way and am like a huge douchebag because i'm so fucked up we're like that is very much missing like trauma as justification Trauma itself is kind of missing from Candle Cove, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, a story about some people being like, oh, man, remember that weird shit that happened when we were a kid? <laughs> sure was weird. Like, they're, they're just sort of commiserating about it, but they're not, like... Yeah, they're not like, hey, um, I, I haven't left the house in, like, nine months because <laughs> Candle Cove fucked me up. Like, that's not the story here. Even, like, one person mentions, like, oh, yeah, like, as a kid, I had, like, a horrible nightmare about this thing. And that's really as far as it goes. And, like, you can have a really unpleasant experience, and that doesn't necessarily make it trauma. Yeah. I know it sounds, it's, like, dicey to get into that. <laughs> like, you, you're invalidating people's experiences, like, territory. But I think it's really important, like, 
now like people have, have been like, recently like throwing it around around like especially with like uh we're in a pandemic when this podcast is being made maybe in the future we won't be <laughs> maybe that'll be like blotted out from history because of like sanctions from aliens or something <laughs> but <laughs> but like here we're in a pandemic and like people have been using like we're all experiencing collective trauma and it's like are we <laughs> at the same degree are we exp- is this this is abnormal this is like you you who in 2020 stayed home and made sourdough starter and went kind of stir crazy you were not having the same fundamental experience as like a grocery store worker or like a disabled person yeah or someone who's lost like family members to the disease yeah or like a like a doctor or a nurse who was like overworked for several years in a row and completely burned out if you didn't also get covid and die yeah this, <laughs> this is not a collective trauma we're not experiencing because you had yeah. to stay inside for like a couple of weeks and then you got bored and you decided to start going out again and like the really gross this is this is totally unrelated to the podcast but like the really gross <laughs> way people talked about having to stay indoors and like how inhumane that is and stuff like that like there are tons of reasons that people have to do that for, like, their yeah. life, like, all the time. Yeah, like, people with autoimmune yeah. disorders. Or people who are just, like, agoraphobes. Yeah, like, their lives aren't nightmare hellscapes that you can, like, <laughs> be like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me and the globe and stuff. Yeah. Like, maybe you should be inside more often. I don't know. You, do you need to be outside <laughs> breathing on other people the the level you're doing asking people to consider how they interact with the world around them is so egregious to people like that and i think like we can probably like thread that back into the the story itself (laughs) but like or like like at least into people's like conception of trauma right there's this sort of classic overstatement of harm that comes with like when you live in relative comfort when that comfort is taken away it feels significantly more serious harm than what you conceive of regularly or or like what people who are deprived yeah to start with conceive of themselves as being hurt even though they are traumatized by their experiences like if you're used to getting like a haircut once a month or i don't know how people get haircuts if you're used (laughs) to getting a haircut like once a month and you suddenly are cannot have how often do cis people cut their hair i don't know that's why i was making up time (laughs) once a week once a month all this is how i don't think it's once a week (laughs) once a day if I, like, clearly, if you're useless, if you're someone who's, like, used to getting their nails done and their makeup yeah. done and their hair done, and you don't have those skills developed, and those are, like, taken, like, your access has taken away, that does feel like your routine has been disrupted and you don't have the tools to cope. Or, like, it doesn't even have to be fam yeah. stuff. It can be mask stuff. I don't know. Golf was canceled, I guess. Like, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Like, if, like... If the most in your life, this is, like, the most, like, intense thing you experience in your life that, and you can say that feels traumatic, but that doesn't, it's not, you didn't experience trauma. You experienced inconvenience. <laughs> you might have difficulties coping with something you've seen, but that's because you don't have coping skills and not because this has damaged <laughs> you in a way that you can no longer function. It is, it is not necessarily that, like, society has failed you because you were mandated by the government to stay home for a couple of weeks before you decided that you weren't going to listen to that anyway. So to, like, tie it to this, like, every creepy thing you see online didn't traumatize you. That's not an okay thing to say. (laughs) You can't, like, it it could have affected you? Yes. Did it traumatize you? Probably not. <laughs> Unless it was like watching extreme stuff as a as a child. Yeah, that's not good for your development. That's like okay, there's like a lot. Yeah. That, that that's that impacts you. It's like it's like watching 
a lot of porn at a young age is going yeah, to, like, fuck you your up. brain up. But just, like, seeing, like, a scary story on TV once or twice didn't traumatize you. Yeah, like, if you were, like, eight and saw a beheading video, that probably traumatized you. <laughs> but if you saw, like, a weird commercial and just stuck in your <laughs> head, that's, like, thought. You're having thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, like, a definition of trauma that I've seen. Because, like, because people can suffer symptoms of trauma in 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 the hindsight of events that yeah other people handle with more resilience seemingly because of like the support that you, you receive in the aftermath yeah and and like the systems around you yes yeah so it's it's definitely possible to be traumatized by things that seem trivial to other people or have your trauma reactivated or worsened by things that other people consider unusual or mild, especially for a young child who may not understand why something is happening around them. Yeah, like, I'm being, like, really uncharitable towards this, like, (laughs) concept that's, like, really broad and nebulous, because, like, that's your brain, and, like, that's how you react, and, like, yeah, it can be, but there's also, like, this level of, like, classism entitled to, like, fragility, it's it's like the fucking um the big TikTok thing where everyone's in New York stalked this fucking guy. Yeah, the guy, the dating app Tinder guy. Yeah, and and people were saying this guy ghosted me, and that's traumatic. No, it's not. He just he he was kind of a dick on a dating app. Yeah. Like, he stopped talking to you. Like just regular. Just get over it. Yeah, like you weren't traumatized. You were your feelings were hurt. Sometimes it happens to people. And, like, it's okay to have hurt feelings. It's okay to feel upset. Like, it's okay to even have, like, an ego bruise over it and have, like, a little dysfunction afterwards. But, like, the event of someone ghosting you isn't traumatic. And, like, if that affected you to such great degree, you have a problem. Like, period. <laughs> like, that's something you need to deal with. You don't develop those reactions. That's not a healthy reaction to have. And it's yeah. and the event of ghosting didn't cause you to have that unhealthy reaction. That was already a part of your personality. Yeah, that's that's you reacting to something else that is going on. Treating it's 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 like a straw that broke the camel's back kind of situation, yeah. right? Yeah. If this if this affected you to such great degree, which I guess you know, we can tie it back to like the childhood thing. If you as an adult see something scary and that affects you in a way, like, you're like, oh, this movie traumatized me, it's hor- it's scary horror. <laughs> Maybe there is something in your past that, like, you're dredging up, but it's also, like, you can hype yourself up about that kind of thing. Like, yeah. it, become a, it can become, like, a moral stance that's not, like, grounded in anything. <laughs> I know, like, there were several things, and, like, children can just be, like, very distressed by things that don't seem yeah. to make sense to yeah. adults, right? Like, like when I was a kid, I would, anytime there was, like, a cartoon or something where, like, people would, like, eat a whole bunch at once, uh-huh. and then, like, their stomachs would blow up. Oh, no. Really, really big. Yeah. That upset me no, so, really, so oh, much. No. Like, any, even, even today, like, watching, like, I cannot watch mukbang. It makes me physically nauseous I... when I see it, because it, it reminds me of, like, being a kid <laughs> and, like, seeing... Not to be a hater, but there's something really gross about it. I think I, I think I could probably do it for a living if this podcasting thing or in creative other endeavors <laughs> don't pan out. But, like, watching other people do it, I don't, I don't really like watching other people eat. This thing unwholesome about it, but like, if you wanted to give me money for it, I could probably do it. Anyway, <laughs> like, I get it being kind of a social thing, but it because it's like it's like a story time, yeah, yeah it's like kind so- of experience, and then you're also like eating a bunch of food that someone else wants to eat. But like, I eh, it's, it's a not cute for me. like community thing, like you're eating with someone. Yeah, like, you're eating with someone else. I guess in my mind I was thinking about the people who really fucking pound the food in. <laughs> like, like to watch me eat as fast as possible, as many things as possible. I don't like mouth sounds is the thing. Yeah, that, that's the other... You like ASMR, though. I do like... Like, ASMR and you don't like mouth sounds? I... 
I do like ASMR a lot. Like, depends on the mouth sound. <laughs> I try to avoid wet mouth sounds as much as possible. <laughs> There's different kinds of ASMR. I don't mind whispering. That's fine. That's not like a mouth sound. Listen to it. You need to listen to an <laughs> ASMR mouth sound right now and know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like ASMR. I don't like the tingles. It makes me jump. <laughs> it's like the ear licking, like spittle <laughs> stuff. I don't enjoy a lot yeah. of body fluids, <laughs> to be honest. Like, <laughs> okay, we're getting a little off topic. I think we should I think try to steer exactly back around. What Candle Cove is about? <laughs> Candle Cove predicted mukbang. <laughs> Uh, like the the other thing that I that I wanted to bring up is like the conflict we've we've touched on a little bit but like sort of the cultural idea of like television corruption yeah which is something that like Straub's entire body of work kind of revolves around yeah but it's but it's also like just in the culture this idea of like mind control especially on children mm-hmm. that they are susceptible to it. Yeah, and that they're receiving some kind of subliminal messaging or something. Like, that that's the fundamental anxiety that mm-hmm. Kindle Cove kind of revolves around. What a lot of, like, a lot of it is, is, like, quote-unquote, an adult fear. The people who are, like, even though these are yeah. posters who are recalling events of their childhood, it's, like, the unmentioned adults in their life. And, like, the one parent who's mentioned who's like, oh, it's so cute, you just sat in front of static instead of being concerned about the child. It's sort of like yeah. the neglect of children is like a center to Cato Cove. Yeah, like like n- nuclear family. The fact that like you are with nuclear families and like increasing demands for people participating in labor to provide for their families, like you have to be able to like entertain your child and like have something watch your child for you essentially, and like you are relying on this this sort of like tool of the state tool of the media to watch a child and that creates like i think a lot of anxieties for people as it probably should like gratefully so ideally you should know what your child like like even if you put your child in front of something that feels child friendly you don't understand you don't <laughs> know the intent of like the people who are yeah. making this it could be watching iCarly <laughs> it's like elsa gate right it's like yes candle co feels l- so prescient like it's it's uh-huh. it's so ahead of its time because like this was sort of in the pre iPad era, uh-huh. right? Like this 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 was in two thousand nine. This was before his his body of work feels indicative of like really good sci fi, and that horror <laughs> is all like speculative speculative yeah. fiction. To give in. but it it is like a more of a sci fi story than it is a horror story, and I think in a kind of like a a lo fi. What the fear here is technology. Yeah. What the technology is, is loss of control. And that's, like, a core of, like, brave new world. Like, 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 like the thing that people, like, sci-fi doesn't predict the future. Authors just comment on what's going on now and making yeah. it, like, exaggerated. And now we're in the present because nothing changed. <laughs> it's like the, the Torment Nexus joke, right? Like, pe- people are inspired <laughs> by the things that they read. People who designed technology were inspired by Star Trek. So they made things yeah. look like Star Trek. Yeah. And, and and in a similar kind of... Yeah, yeah, people who are seeing the trends and people who are seeing, like, the direction that culture is moving in. And I think Straub is one of those people who very much has, like, a finger on the direction that culture is moving, especially online culture. Yeah, he's got... He's a, he's a pulse guy. <laughs> he's, like... Not he's like it's like the fact that he like feels like ahead of the curve and the curve like follows him afterwards. Yeah, is that he's doing like this predictive like wouldn't it be fucked up in the future if this was a <laughs> thing that people posted online because this is happening to them? But then he takes that and sets it also in the past. Yeah, his his body of work seems to be because he's like a nineties kid, right? Like he's he's, yeah, he's a yeah, couple yeah. years older than us, I think. Probably. So he he had the experience of, you know, VHS and all of that growing up and, like, public access television in a way that, like, kids today kind of can't conceive of. Like, even even I was born kind of late into it. Like, we still used VHS tapes in, mm-hmm. in my family for a very long time. Like, after 
basically everything was DVD, and I was so angry as a child at, at things <laughs> moving to DVD instead of VHS, because I liked... VHS was cool. I liked being able to stop the VHS tape and come back to it exactly where it was, and I was so fucking furious yeah. that every time you stopped the DVD, it would start at the very beginning, and you had to, like, go to the, and, and like, go, yeah, go it's... scene selection. Like, that drove me insane as a kid. You, <laughs> you lose, like, the, the transfer over, people lost a lot of, like, textile abilities. Yeah. Instead of making VHS, like, more slimmer and lighter and all the stuff that you could prop do with it, like... Yeah, like, in... In the transition to digital. The change in technology did not suit the consumer. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could touch it, you could wind it, you could see it, you could repair it. And, like, that's lost. Yeah. We're like, once once a DVD is broken, it's junk. And DVDs, yeah. like, DVDs at this point are starting to break down because all, all technology is bound to break down at some point. Yeah. And this stuff just wasn't built to last. It was built to, like, like, people projected that we'd be on to like a different <laughs> format of like data saving yeah, i guess we technically are but we're not really we haven't like advanced this technology this technology is just breaking because like we don't have the incentives to push beyond what we have now because like it is it is sort of cheapest and easiest to keep doing things the way that we have been doing them for the last 20 years like we have not moved past like this level of of digital media that we are on we have and like we are stagnating on the swagless version of it <laughs> we could have been stagnating on like cool shit if we were stuck on vhs's or like if we were stuck on like floppy drives like that stuff kind of fucked aesthetically <laughs> like not even the high side like nostalgia like people just cared more about how things looked yeah. and 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 that's that's why there is this big fixation on analog core like that's why analog core was able to take off in the way that it did especially among people who are like a lot younger than us who are like who never got to have analog media they 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 didn't yeah. grow up with vhs tapes they just like they see this aesthetic and and to them that is inherently kind of scary because it's like they grew up in a grainless world. It's, yes, it's interesting to think that. Yeah, and their only association with that is like other horror things. Yeah, and like the things that are analog and, and stuff that's old, and, and things that yeah. are old are inherently scary to people who are children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the thought of like aging and like also becoming decayed like this old technology or whatever, <laughs> and like again to like the aesthetic of it is also like. The, these things are so distinct and almost, like, alien compared to, like, the things we have now in the shapes, right? Yeah. Like, the change from, like, that kind of, like, clunky and, like, square and, like, color, like, brightly colored, not, like, stuff that we had, like, 20 years ago versus, like, now where things are, like, crisp and clean and thin and like streamlined and very easy to break and very easy to break like that idea of these like things that can persist beyond like your understanding of your of current technology and are so like like an alien shape like that <laughs> or like that you don't really know how to use but it's like just your technology you're used to but like off a bit yeah the concept of that is almost like spacey like <laughs> so, like yeah, like, I want to keep using Alien, but it's, like, accessible history that people don't, like, even teach, really. Yeah. It's, like, the past is another country, but the future is another planet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also because, like, like our, our aesthetics in technology are driven by nerddom and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia's big anymore. <laughs> like, I have a, I, I have, like, a pet peeve about, like, People who use, like, nostalgia. Like, like when people are like, oh, I love Pokemon. I'm so nostalgic. That's my childhood. Like, that's a current franchise constantly <laughs> updating. That's, like, the biggest franchise on the planet Earth. What the fuck yeah, are you talking con- about? Continuously playing the new Pokemon games. Like, it, it may remind you of your your childhood experience with it. But it's like, where where is the pain of remembrance when the thing never left? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's I don't know. It's just like wearing it like a 
like a shawl or something like because 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 the concept of nostalgia is a market trend right now yeah yes yeah like these things never left like this isn't like something that was like a one-off that you saw one summer when you were like 10. This is a thing that's been constantly in our culture from like the inception of this thing. Yeah. And and that's fun because, right, like Candle Cove is also a story about nostalgia. Like it, it, it starts off with <laughs> yes. these people just sort of reminiscing in this like, you know, they mentioned it's like, oh, the story was kind of, the, the show was weird. It was like a little creepy but like mostly like they seem to have fond memories of it reminiscing in a positive kind of way because they're like yeah this was such an obscure thing like nobody else has this thing that 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 was uh like a big part of that part of my childhood and trying to look for someone to relate to for it yeah they want to remember it because they want to like cherish it and revisit it like if i knew the name of this thing i might go be able to go back and watch it is you know yeah if i could find it online like if i find other people who have this like experience with nostalgia feels like another cause like 2009 like in my memory like i i was i was starting high school in 2009 and it feels like that is really like when the era of nostalgic media kind of was about to kick off, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, the 2010s were a decade fixated on nostalgia. Because it's marketable. Like, it's easier to, like, repack it. It's like, like, the sensationalization of, like, the millennia wore off, and it was time to repackage things. It was this yeah. era of the sequels and the reboots <laughs> and stuff. I think it also goes into, like, the writer strike that was happening, to be honest. Yeah, like 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 the writer strike in the in the early like midish aughts, and and that totally changed the landscape of TV writing just in general. Yeah, like, hey, you're striking for like your workers' rights. What if we punished everyone and made us all watch reality TV shows and sequels <laughs> and reboots forever? <laughs> what if we made a Marvel movie? Man, I'm pretty sure the first Iron Man came out in 2009, too, right? <laughs> uh, original Sin. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For how much Straub seems to sort of, like, get it culturally, mm-hmm. like, ha- have, like, that finger on the button of internet culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. his work is very concise, yeah. Like, he does not want to overstay his welcome. Which, like, I think kind of... We, <laughs> we've complained about some of these stories being, like, long. too long and having, like, too much in them. Yeah. Like, Showers and and the Cabin Story, mm-hmm. both, like, they kind of overstay their welcome. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish there was a little bit more to crunch on with Candle Cove, because so much of it is just, like, people reminiscing about the show yeah. itself. Yeah, I think it would be cool if these were, like, scenes, right? Like, here is the preface of a deeper story without taking away this thing. Yeah. It doesn't have, like, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want... If this was leading up to, like, a Ben Drown yeah, kind of thing, yeah. right? Oh or, like, God, he was planning to drop clips with yes. it. Yes. Like, like a like a larger yeah. ARG type thing. It doesn't even have to be that. Like, I think what I'm wanting here is that it feels like the story gestures at something really cool and scary and interesting and then skates to a, a quick conclusion before it gets deep into the scare zone and because I know how genuinely terrifying Straub can make his work and now as an adult who has experienced more horror I just wish there was something a little more substantial like we've we've praised the fact that it's understated and doesn't push the horror but at the same time, I wish it were a little scarier and a little more in-depth because I know what he's capable of. I don't want to be, like, a scary clown guy. <laughs> or, like, the puppets are demons from hell or whatever. But I, I just have to make a note of, like, the fear of puppets. It's also, like, a cool underlying current that's not necessarily <laughs> the focus. Yeah. Like, puppets are scary to a lot of people. That's another thing that scares me very much. Yeah, this got you good. Yeah. I like dolls. I like puppets. I like cartoons where th- things happen to people's bodies. Um, this is, this I'm, one look, upset. I, this one probably this one upset you deeply. I'm scared of everything. This, this show upset you deeply. 
It would benefit me so, so much. Oh my god. Like, I think I'd be like really into like, like it's a cool <laughs> thing about how you would react to this and then like the knowledge of this within like like you put yourself in his story so easily and be like, Yeah, this thing would fuck me <laughs> up too, dude. Like if he had and like we were talked about before we were recording about how like his current work feels like he took a lot of these concepts, like with how short it is, there's a lot of things happening. He took a lot of these like concepts and put them in his current work as like a fuller fleshed out idea yeah there was like six years right between candle cove and uh and local 58 and i'm sure he did other stuff in the meanwhile Mm -hmm. but like it's it's interesting like he sort of had that time to let these ideas mull over in his Mm -hmm. mind to be able to fix them i yeah. guess i mean not 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 like, fix but uh refine them well, polish yeah them. yeah grow them and like and, and develop this concept of like broadcast station that hates yeah. you yes i think that's a problem with a lot of like things that like you like a lot of creepypastas try to do they want the they want the germination they want the full effect of like the last episode of Every Man Hybrid. They want the <laughs> the big wham of, like, a candle cove. They want the money shot. Yeah. Without, I don't know, getting naked? <laughs> they want to, like, lay it out and have you be like, wow, that was really super cool. But they lay it out in a way that's insecure. Like, we brought this up before, I think. That, like, writers who are insecure will often, like, reiterate what they're doing again and again to, like, be like, yeah. hey, did you get it? Did you, did you did you see? Did you get it? See what like, a good thing? Like you don't you do that and the way some of the copycats of Straub's style are clearly less secure with the thing that he is doing than he is. Hey, remember Happy Appy? No. Oh. Okay. That that might have been one that missed me. Like, it was kind of, like, a meme in early Tumblr that people were, like, really into for, like, the meme factor and stuff. It was very Candle Cove inspired. I don't remember uh. it being scary or anything, but, like, <laughs> I do still think about the, the image of the apple, and there's something nauseating about that story. It sounds very familiar to me, but, like, I, I cannot picture anything in my mind. Like, I probably... If it was, like, an early Tumblr kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, I probably did at some point read it. I just, like, am not recalling it because it didn't stick with me that much. Yeah, like, like I'm just trying to think of, like, clones. Like, they all, like, lack the elegance of, like, the Candle Cup experience because it is so short and concise and, like, yeah, not about what if there was, like, a an IP? What if there was, like, a... A scary guy behind it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not about branding. He did he did eventually do like the Channel Zero stuff. Yeah, but like like that came way way down the line, and that seems like something that like a network approached him to do. He wasn't like, okay, how can I market this thing yeah. that I made? He just made it. <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't as craven like, as what we see with a lot of creators. Yeah, and like it's fine to have like ambitions. It's fine to have aspirations of, like, I want to do such and such to establish my career so I can eat food, right? Like, that's fine (laughs) and all, but, like, it's just, it's different when you're like, I have this idea, here's a, here it is, I've trimmed it down so it's just this idea, and then he gets to reap the benefits of his idea. Like, he, yeah. this is the reward. It's not like it takes away from the story itself, because the story is finished. It's been finished, and we're yeah. in the legacy of that story. And, like, the adaption was adapted specifically for this, right? Like, it's different when you're taking something out of, like, its environment with the intention to mm. do that from the get-go before it's even the thing it yeah. is. Straub's material... Like, he knows how to get a scare out of you without going too overboard. Like, he doesn't do a lot of the, you know, the blood and guts and gore Mm -hmm. and viscera kind of stuff that you see with people who really want to get a scare out of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, they're not cheap scares. He's much more low-key and, uh, like, borderline psychological with some of Mm -hmm. it. 
like he's he's playing on these sort of very basic uh anxieties that we have about modern society mm-hmm. and and the internet and technology mm-hmm. yeah like what a lot of people fail to get is to like recapture the atmosphere he creates within like a really short amount of time by not like he doesn't want he's not like begging you to be scared or to like <laughs> Or to, like, accept his stories or anything, but, like, what is coming to you. He just knows he can scare you. Yeah. He just, like, he just knows he has an idea that is scary, and he can do it pretty quickly and pace it in such a way that he knows it'll be effective. Like, that's the thing. Uh, uh, Straub's work uh, has a lot of cum. <laughs> He's yeah. very confident. Yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Cream pie pasta. <laughs> This is the chicken Alfredo, but the Alfredo is calm of crunchy <laughs> pastas. Wednesday. <laughs> I know Wednesday. I said my thing. Why did you see that? <laughs> you opened the floodgate to commonalities, and I had to, like, juggle into, like, a land of calm editing to to the to the things we were saying Wednesday <laughs> you oh fuck <laughs> coming in a glass house <laughs> blasting cum on those glass doors <laughs> I want to get like a like what's that what, what is that uh, thingy, that idiom of, like, throwing stones? Pe- people who people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones? Is that, that's why I wanted to go glass... That's Oh, cast it? Yeah. He who's without sin cast stones. Okay, insert comments of that parts of that phrase. I, like, like connect it. I, like... Let he who is without cum blast the first rope. Oh, yes, there you go. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get a sponsorship. <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up there for tonight apologies that this was a shorter episode yes mysterious technical difficulties with this one what do you think of candle cove leave a comment send us an email tell us your thoughts we'd love to hear from you if you like the show go ahead and leave a like or review share it with your friends we're a small independent podcast we don't advertise so we need word of mouth to grow as always links to the story and our social media will be in the description on our next episode we will be reading psychosis This has been the Creepypasta Book Club. Thank you, and good night.